What's going on, everybody? Good morning. Good morning to the Buckeye Roast, your favorite weekday show at 8 a.m. Who else is waking up with you, bringing this kind of energy? Me and Ron certainly weren't three weeks ago. We ain't morning people, Absolutely but not. somehow <laughs> y'all keep us getting up. So I don't know how you do it, but keep bringing the energy. Appreciate you being here. Good morning, Ron. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. I mean, I feel like we say it every episode. We're not morning people. I don't know how we do. <laughs> like I was, I was sitting here this morning, uh, going through the pre-show notes, and I was just like, I never in a million years did I imagine that we'd be here doing this. But I do love doing this every morning. It's been a new part of my routine, and it's a great way to start my morning. So I'm glad that you guys are all here with us to do this every day. We got a lot to get into. Q, what are we talking about today? Yeah, man. So obviously, the big the big part of the show is basically is, is is BIA coming back through the Ohio pipeline. So we're gonna talk a lot about the guys coming up from Ohio. Obviously, Malik Harford, as you've heard of, Jermaine Matthews, Jair Brown's there, and guys coming down the path. Want to see if they, you know, they're really bringing BIA back and what we have for the future as it looks. So, which is important because obviously, you haven't put out a lot of secondary prospects as of late. So you really got to lean on those Ohio guys for that. So we'll talk into that. I have a good conversation. Justin Fry talked yesterday. He talked to O-Line. We're going to touch on a few points there. We had a few guys get their black stripe removed and all that. So we're going to talk about that. And we'll, we'll touch a little bit on, on that team of North. You know, Malachi was in here at, at, at 749, I think it was, talk, talking crazy. So, you know. I mean, we got to on them and, and say hi to them and good morning as well. So a couple of a few things to touch on there. But um, I see y'all in the chat in here early. We got 14 people. So y'all are up and ready to go. Go ahead. Like that video. <clears throat> Share can on, on the timeline. Appreciate you. That helps us out. Also, too, um, I've been talking to Ron and, and, and scheming up ideas and stuff to keep keep everybody involved and stuff like that because we love interacting with y'all so i do want to ask if y'all have any ideas or anything you like to see added to the show things like that go ahead and drop it down or leave a comment if you're not watching live and we'll take it to and, and try to make it happen because we appreciate you coming through and hanging out with us every morning so much so did want to get that out there but i do want to start with the black stripes so bryce and rogers First guy to get his stripe removed. I mean, not first guy, but got his stripe removed. His first one we're going to talk about. Ron, tell me about Bryson Rogers, man. He's come in. He's been a forgotten guy, but he, he come in here ready to cook. So let me know. How, how's my guy doing out there? What are you thinking? I mean, he's the route technician that everybody, that Brian Hartline loves. I mean, we knew we were all high on Bryson Rogers uh, when we signed him, but we thought that he would be a little small to play as a true freshman, but I mean, he looks like he's starting to bulk up already. He has his black stripe off early. And I think that's a great sign for this 2023 class. I know, uh, I think Noah still has his, no, Noah has his off. Uh, BI still has his on, but yeah. I believe the last one in the 2022 class came off in like December with Caleb Burton. So if BI has his off early in the season, I just think that's a testament to how good this class is that, they're already part of the team already there. You know what I mean? Four freshmen come in in one of the most loaded rooms in America, and they're still getting their black, black stripes off and proving why Heartline wanted them in that room. I think that's huge to see that, you know what I mean? These guys that we all thought were guys are coming here and really proving it. Yeah, man. And obviously down the line, these guys are performing and all of them are performing, which is, which is, which is great to see. 
because you know <coughs> Bryce Rod was a little bit the forgotten guy, and everybody talked about there. It. it was like the main three, the three coming in. It's like, well, we really got four, so let's throw some credit here. And obviously, he shows his worth. And we're a couple weeks of camp. He's already got his strike removed. He's looking good on the routes. Um, obviously, has to build his body. I've had to gain weight. So, all that being said, man, he's out there performing. It's just a good look. And like you said, the twenty-two class is looking or twenty. Yeah, yeah, 23 classes looking like you got to win a championship with these dudes, man. Especially with the talent coming through, so it's good to see. Absolutely excited for him, and uh, I think big things ahead of him at Ohio State. Yeah, no, 100%. So Bryson Rogers got his black shirt removed, but he wasn't the only one. Obviously, we had BIA member, Ohio DB, Jermaine Matthews. He got his black shirt removed as well. That's well. your guy. So you've been talking about him for, what, three years now? <laughs> I mean, I, as soon as I saw the film after we heard about this Cincinnati lean showing up to camp in June and getting an offer like 30 days before his scheduled commitment, it was insane. I was like, I have to go see this kid. Is this like, oh, we're whiffing on five stars. We're, we're just offering this guy. And then he commits. And he ends up rising all the way up the rankings, and he's a five-star now. I think Jermaine is arguably the best, if not one of the best corners in that class. I mean, you watch his tape, and you're not sure if it's high, if it's a wide receiver's film or if it's a cornerback's film because he has so many pick sixes in his highlight reel. I mean, he's just cribbing shit left and right. It's not just like, oh, he's breaking up passes. Like, no, this man's intercepting the ball left and right. Like, his film is ridiculous. And, like, during that cycle, uh, that was like the start of me, like making highlight films and everything. So I was watching a ton, a ton of huddle, more than I ever cared to watch. <laughs> and not a, not a Cormani McLean, nothing. Not no one in that class, in my opinion, has better film than Jermaine Matthews. So to see him get his black stripe off already, um, is it a sign that he may contribute this year? Who knows? I would love to see it. But at the same time, I know regardless of if he plays or not, he's going to be an impact player here in Columbus in the future. I think uh, he has a great future ahead of him. And I, I mean, he hasn't played it down at Ohio State. And like, I think this kid's going to be a first rounder. Like the talent is that unique. Yeah. And uh, Mel and Chad brought up Calvin Simpson Hunt as well. Just with Absolutely. the both of, both of these two guys, it's is. <laughs> While we didn't get the amount of corners, I thought we took, should have took four corners last year. We lost four right before signing day. You couldn't really ask for two better prospects than these two. They're both tall. They both can run. They got speed, ball skills, everything like that. So on the crux of building this this DB room back up, which we need to do, and obviously we need to get a bigger class sometime because every year you can't have six scholarship corners. So obviously we brought it one in the portal. I mean, when you're when you're bringing in four scholarship kickers, and you know one of them can cross train at cornerback maybe you can go a little light in the cornerback recruiting class hey we hey we don't have kickers who <laughs> we, we have kickers who are too fast to play here we definitely bring those guys in because they can play other positions every other position we kind of chill but that's one position you can we can allow some speed but um yeah man that makes me want to dive into what we really want to talk about which is the db or bia coming back through the ohio db line and this is why we want to talk about this so these last couple cycles been pretty hard to go nationally recruit you have these five-star corners out there which it would be great if we could go get them but in the nil world and the new recruiting world is very hard especially since it's been a little time since ohio state has put out first rounder after first rounder it's getting very hard to do that 
So at that time, what do you need to do? You got to lean back on Ohio and you got to talk, you got to bring in those guys. And then you start developing those guys again, as we should. Then that pipeline again opens up nationally. So Ron, I want to talk about you because you've been really on the Ohio, the BIA back to Ohio pipeline. Um, talk about me, the guys that have been coming in and sort of the recruiting around Ohio as far as DB go. And why do you think that Ohio itself is going to bring BIA back? Well, it starts with the kids that are on the roster and committed. But like you touched on with recruiting and NIL becoming such a national game now. I mean, when you have your Travis Hunters and Kermani McLean's uh, and uh, who's the who's the kid leaning towards Florida State this year? Charles Lester, Charles another Lester. one looking at Colorado. When all of these schools have money to spend and it's about who they prioritize, every school has enough money to land one five-star. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that's your whole recruiting budget and you want to land a five-star or put all of your eggs in one basket for a corner, teams are able to do that now in this era of NIL. So it makes it such a more national game when it comes to recruiting. And it makes it that much harder to be able to not only invest the time and resources in the five stars on uh, wide receiver, the defensive line, everywhere else on the team, and then still have time to get these corners as well and money. But um, I feel like this regional approach to making sure that we lock down these Ohio kids, it's not, it's kind of a blessing in disguise because I feel like a lot of these kids in Ohio were underrated and overlooked just because, you know, I mean, they're in the North, they're not playing seven on seven, but I think this is the Ohio football is taking a level up right now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the level of talent that's coming out is ridiculous. And you look at the graphic for today's show, you have Sonny Styles, five-star uh, safety. One of the top safeties in the class was ranked ahead of Caleb Downs uh, before he reclassified. Um, Malik Hartford. I mean, this show's practically sponsored by Malik Hartford. <laughs> uh, the coaches, uh, or er, the beat talked to Jair Brown the other day. They said he had the best interception this far, uh, thus far in camp. Uh, Jermaine Matthews, we just touched on one of the, one of the best corners in this class, a late rising five-star. And then we signed two five-star corners out of Ohio this cycle, Aaron Scott and Bryce West. Like the level of talent in Ohio is ridiculous like which one of those guys really stands out to you but the whole reason for the show is the idea of playing all of these five stars that are from ohio the idea that you know since the gary on Conley's, marshawn Lattimore's, denzel wards leaving you know what i mean 2016 2017 we've been wondering where is bia i mean we've had jeff okuda but in, in the past couple of years since Jeff Halfley's gone, corner's been a question every year. So the fact that we have all of this talent from Ohio, and it's not just, oh, we switched up our recruiting strategy and now these Ohio kids are going to play. It's we're taking the Ohio kids and they're the best in the country. So I feel like that's just going to bring that. It's going to make it that much more special when BIA returns because it's from kids in Ohio that understand the standard here and know the expectations. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, the guy I, I would highlight out of that, obviously, Sonny Styles was Mr. All-Everything. You know, dad play here, freak of nature. You had to go get him. But honestly, Jair Brown was a, was a, was a guy I looked at. Um, when we had that 22 class and it was loaded with corners and we were chasing the Will Johnsons and the Jaheim Singletary's, um, Jair Brown was our, our first commitment, I believe, or at least defensively. I think he might have been the first man in the class or defensively, one of the two. But um, yeah, it was it was a little underlooked of like, oh, we got Jair Brown, but we got to chase these big fish and go get these other guys. 
And, and Kawhi Lee has come in and been a very solid corner war in his second year. I mean, started the game last year, played really well against Wisconsin. Now in his second year, it's almost like, yeah, you got to find. I know we brought in Igbenosin. I know we got Bird. We got Hancock. But you got to find room for this guy because he's he seems to be ready to play. Um, that's a guy I want to highlight. But also, too, from Ohio, we didn't actually look at him as like, oh, he's going to come in and be that lockdown corner. But ever since he's been here, he's shown that he's ready to go. When we need when we ha- when we uh, when we need him, he's ready to play and start and fill in. So just really is all kind of starting with him. And obviously, big fish next year with Scott and West. But yeah, this this Ohio, you know, kind of resurgence of DB play that looks like it's coming through down the pipeline has just really helped us out. And at a time where we really need it, because get those guys up, like I said, get them playing well. Then you can go after the big fish and you're like, you know, you can be the next Aaron Scott. You be the next Jair Brown. You know, we can put guys in the league because now you're seeing it versus we just telling you about <laughs> the good old days. Let's go get a, a, a TV monitor with some antennas and put in VHS tape. And you can see, you know, Denzel Ward highlights because it feels like it's been that long. So, no, most most definitely. I can't wait to see it. I mean, obviously, 24 class was loaded. 25 class already talking about guys like Dorian Brew coming in playing DB. So, I mean, it just looks good right now, and I'm super excited. And it's just it. I guess not from being from the north, and I'm not from Ohio, but that area, I know it means more when you have guys from Ohio that are really doing it. Guys that you saw, you know, you go Friday night, you see them in high school, and then you see them on the big stage, and we walk on the field against, you know, Alabama or Georgia or Michigan, whoever. So, no, it's honestly, it's honestly awesome, man. So, I mean, I'm excited about it. I'll let you get the last word on it, but honestly – it's well, really- I wanted to ask you, did we jump the gun on criticism for um, Tim Walton and Perry Eliano? Because I know everyone's been tough on them. They, Everybody, you know what I mean, is stargazer. They they love five stars. And we've criticized missing on Caleb Downs, uh, KJ Bolden, um, some some of the bigger name corners in the classes, like you mentioned, Jaheim Singletary. Um, but we just listed five, six potential first-round draft picks, like, they have that level of talent, and we believe in them that much. Are we getting too caught up in the rankings when we have this level of talent? Um, I don't think so. I think there is a, a layer, because with Ohio guys, those are guys you, you, you should be getting. You have to get. Like, there's a, you shouldn't be letting, you know, Michigan or whoever come in and take those guys if you, if you really want them. But you still, too, have to be over there and go get a big fish. Like, we talk about BIA for – we had Denzel Wards here, but we also went and got a Jeff Okuda. And, we, you know, we needed a big-time playmaker at, at, at corner. He was there for us. So, um, the, those guys who are higher ranked typically come in more ready to play, and that is the good part, especially because you might need one or two or emergency times people get hurt. You never know. Where last year, you're like, dang, we ain't got a corner. <laughs> Somebody's got to play. And maybe the younger guys need to step right in and be ready to go. So, no, most most definitely you still got to grab the bigger fish. I know Cam talked about at safeties. We haven't really pulled in a lot of five stars. It would be nice, but we haven't done it. But you would still like to have the presence to be out there and go grab a big fish. Because eventually you're going to have to do it. Um, as great as it is to bring those how guys are research and develop, sometimes you're going to have to get a guy nationally from somewhere else and have him come in and be a big time player. I mean, we've been lucky at corner with Denzel Burke, who was a, a very underrated guy, but now guys from 
Arizona are looking like Miles Miles Lockhart, somebody brought up earlier. Guys are looking like that, like, oh shit, Denzel Burke went there, he balled out, he's from my area. I could go do that. So you get a big corner from Florida, the same thing. And it just makes it possible because kids got to see it, man. Um, I, unless you're throwing like stupid money at them. Usually they see a guy who sort of they look at him like, OK, like, you know, he's good. Like I am. He went there. He was able to develop and play. So I want to do that same thing. So I think it's a balance of both. I don't think we need to burn the house down because they don't necessarily land the biggest guy, you know, every year or things like that. But they haven't landed. really. It seems like one. So. Is, is very criticism that we've kind of gotten guys a little under the radar and haven't gone up against Alabama or Georgia and beat them for a corner or safety. Absolutely. So we uh, we have some Michigan to talk about. They've had some <laughs> issues on the recruiting trail lately. So I just want to get your thoughts. Elias Rudolph decommitment, two crystal ball com- uh, decommitment predictions coming in now. What are your thoughts? What's going on in 2A right now? <laughs> man i mean it, it's just the up of level and i mean i i don't think they're too i guess too far under the level ohio state's trying to recruit and get guys at. but you got to understand when you're trying to elevate your program and you stop going from you know three guys or lower four got four star guys and so now you're up, upper four star guys higher you know higher four star guys five star guys it gets tough man especially in this recruiting environment like if it wasn't so much for NIL and other factors that really seem to be outside of football, I think Michigan would be a lot more successful on the trail. They should have a lot of momentum. They've had a good last two years, especially, you know, for their standard. We, we try and win natties, but, you know, they're happy with Big Ten championships. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. But you would think their recruiting would take off like their program is doing. But – it's hard, bro. Like, let me tell you. And, and you understand people start picking your players off and they can't, you know, beat Bama for somebody. It's like, oh, now I got everybody coming with me. Everybody's got money. So it's tough. I mean, they are struggling right now. So I hate to see it. Not really. But, you know, like I said, welcome to the big leagues. People, people are going to see what Michigan did on the field and be like, dang, I, you know, we want to re- replicate that success. Well, who did they go get? Let's go get him. So. That's that's my thoughts on it. It's big fish hunting. Welcome to the welcome to the game. You got to learn how to navigate it. Do you think that there are rumors that Harbaugh's not returning, and that could be the reason for the departures from the class? I mean, Harbaugh is a skittish of coaches. <laughs> I didn't see with success. I mean, he he seemed like he wanted to get out there this year, and I'm like, with the team you got coming back, this is your chance to try to go get a natty. Why would you want to leave? So, yeah, I mean, that could be a thing, but I mean, that really, I, I mean, I guess I see it more now. I would say the last couple of classes, maybe it didn't really affect it as much as I thought it would. I mean, guys still seem to be stuck around or they had a big fish that came in and took one of their bigger guys, which is like, you're not going to beat Georgia on a five-star linebacker. It's very difficult to do that. So, but yeah, I mean, I guess maybe so, because you think about it, with them pushing that suspension to next year and it going up, he might be like, all right, <laughs> well, I'll see you then. Really won't, because I'm taking a job after I take this team and get the most I can out of them. So that could be a part in it. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Our boy Yoder did a video last week talking about this. The NCAA rejected the suspension. Uh, it could be longer. Others, uh, other coaches on staff are facing the suspension. 
what is his incentive to come back? We see him, we see him interviewing for the Minnesota job. We see him interviewing for every NFL job that he has an opportunity to come that comes up. Does he want to actually be in Ann Arbor anymore? Has he does he feel like he's fulfilled his duties as a Michigan coach? He's won back-to-back Big Ten titles. He's brought Michigan back into the national prominence. Does he feel like he has anything left to do after this season? Um, yeah, yeah, Chad, I want you to weigh in on this one as well. To be honest, it depends on the level of success for this season. If he can go and, you know, doesn't have to win a natty, it's very hard to do, but go win a playoff game, like get him, at least get them to the promised land. I mean, I feel like he's delivered. I mean, no one expected him to have an easy walk in and try to win natties, especially with Ohio State, you know, right here, doing what we were doing and having success and, and playing in those big time games. But he has elevated that program back from where it was and now has got them on the national stage. People talk about them, you know, being the best in the Big Ten, having a chance with a natty, um, now having this loaded team, having a great defense. So I feel like he's delivered on everything he would he, he would have promised as far as success on the field. So, I mean, hey, man, I mean, that may be just the hypes of the program or the height of the program right now until, you know, maybe NIL and start landing more guys. So. Um, I think he's delivered. I think it's enough to say you walk away, you dust your hands and say, all right, the next guy, now take it to the next level of where I got you to. I mean, I would, if I'm not a Michigan fan, but I would have no problem with that. So you would be content with what Harbaugh has delivered to uh, Michigan in his time there if this was his last year? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it just depends on what you truly expect. I mean, even from the Michigan fans that we run into on the timeline, argue with, you know, day in, day out when we do. It's like, man, they don't expect a natty. They don't talk, they don't even talk about that. They don't even talk about the playoffs no more. They, they, they just talk about, you know, we beat Ohio State. We won the Big Ten. So that just tells me where the fan base expectations is at. Now, for me with Ryan Day, if Ryan Day was to not win a natty and leave this year, oh, I'd be hot. I'd be heated. I'd be like, bro, we had this talent. We were there. You know, we had our chances and and didn't get it done. Like, I'd be pissed. But that's just the expectations of we're used to playing in big games and and winning big games or leaving out of a big game. Like, damn, we should have won that. Like, Ryan Day's been here. I'm like, man, that 2019 team, we really should have won a natty with that one. Uh, We had a chance in 2020 if if you hired somebody who was competent on defense like situations like that. So it, it felt like it's a lot closer to reality. But um, as far as Michigan goes, I just, I just don't think, and everybody's Michigan fans, you know, weigh in on the chat. I just don't think like they think like Natty is the goal. You know what I'm saying? Or Natty is actually in the realm of the championship. Yeah. You're the real prize. Yeah. The Big Ten championship is it. And I mean, there's no problem with that. I mean, when you're elevating your program, you go through stages. I mean, I've been around Ohio State. I've been watching Ohio State since the early 2000s. Like, I, first, one of the first things I saw was a natty. So, you know, that kind of just has stuck in my mind. But, you know, we we talked to Michigan fans who hadn't even seen them, you know, beat Ohio State, you know, but, but one time. So it's like two times. I don't know yeah, any. I don't know any one-year-old Michigan fans. 2003. So <laughs> I guess before a couple of years ago, they never, really, never seen them beat Ohio State. So. I mean, you kind of your expectations go from what you've seen. We've seen Ohio State do it on the big stage. Um, obviously, bowl record struggles a little bit. They haven't done it. They haven't done it in the playoffs. So, I mean, your expectations is what you're doing. I mean, if that's their goal, it's, it's all well power to them, and they're doing it. And when it, who can come in? I guess who would come in next and elevate that to make it like, no, Natty's the goal. 
this is what we're doing, but somebody had to go in and show them. Other than that, I don't think the fan base expectation is that high. So speaking of expectations, there's a lot of concern around the offensive line in our beat talk to the offensive line and coach Justin Fry yesterday. What were your major takeaways from that interview? Um, yeah, so I listened to Justin Fry talk, <laughs> the, the, the coach speak guy of all coach speak. But um, it feels like <clears throat> maybe not at the top. Obviously, our only worry is really at tackles. I feel like the interior offensive line is going to be really good. We have depth there. The worry is at tackles. <clears throat> and these tackles really, he gives the feeling of they're very up and coming. And this would be like next year, you could probably have two really good tackles. This year, you're just trying to get them to be solid and really, like I said, the offensive line cost you, can cost you a natty. I think it's a position that has the trouble, but you're just trying to get them so they don't end up hurting the team. So I have a good feel about it. Obviously, John Simons, Jimmy Simmons, you know. Jimmy who, Simmons, bro. Get it right. He sounds like a 60s guitar but, player, you bro. Know the funny thing is, Justin Fry said he called he calls him Josh. So he was like, he said So where did Jimmy come from? Is his middle name James? Like, I don't know. Like, my thing is, is this dude like committing wire fraud or something? Like, is he like trying to hide his identity? Like, he's actually 32. (laughs) He was like, He had to change his name to be able to enroll. Like they got the SpongeBob wanted poster. It was like Josh Simons. He got a little mustache. Maniac. He said Jimmy Simmons. Like I don't know. Something. So something is going on weird with his name. But anywho, he says. Um, he says these guys are up and coming. He has confidence in them. Just trying to get guys to play consistently, which is the important part. He says at times all of these tackles, and you're talking about from Josh Simon or Jimmy Simmons through uh, Tegris Bola, all of them have had their wild moments. All of them have played well, but who's going to do it consistently, which is the most important part. So the good thing is we do have talent there, getting them to play. Obviously, Simmons took over the left tackle. Like I said, I told you that before he came. I told you Josh Fryer was not going to play left tackle. I think he's more of a guard. I'm probably right because I'm always right. So, um, yeah, he's moving over there. He did touch on his experience and how much that helped coming over there playing last season. And he says he's really picked it up. And he saw and he talked about really a big thing was these guys are gonna be ready. You know, this defensive line, we we all know it's no joke. Like they're really getting tested out there. So you would think it's gonna be hard for them to look good just because of how good we think this defensive line is gonna be. That's not necessarily not necessarily a problem because it's like, well. You got to go, you know, block JTT or King out Jackson, Jack Sawyer. You may not look great as well, especially a young up and coming player. And when you step into the season, you may not see guys like that until very down the line. Maybe, you know, Michigan or somebody else who has a really good defensive line. So that's some of the things he touched on. Um, Obviously, just consistency, things like that. So, um, yeah, I want to I want to if you had to put a starting line together, I want to know what yours would be right now for this offensive line. Uh, Jimmy. Donovan, Carson, Matt, Josh Fryer. I'm sticking with Fryer at right tackle. (laughs) I just, uh, something that I wanted to ask you because we heard a lot of talk about Jimmy Simmons in these interviews. He's the presumptive left tackle. How dire was the depth situation on this team coming into the season for the offensive line? Because we hear about the struggles from our second team 
offensive line during camp and how much how much difficulty our defensive line is giving them. And we added Vic Cutler and Jimmy Simmons. If yeah. we aren't able to land those transfers, what does this what does spring and fall look like? And how worrisome would the depth have been? Oh man, let me let me get started on that. But before I do, we got almost 60 people in here. Uh go ahead and like that video. Appreciate y'all joining us, man. We got we got some serious morning people in here. I didn't even know Buckeye Nation was showing up like that. We had 70 yesterday, getting to 60 today. So we appreciate y'all coming in. Make sure we smash yeah. that like button. button. 60 people Boom. in here. We're only at 20 likes. Let's get to 30 before we get out of here. Yeah, so we appreciate y'all. Yeah, man, the death was, <laughs> death was crazy. Like I said, and actually uh, going back, if y'all seen that original state of the program I did with Chris Drew, should be the first video on this channel. You want to check that out and you haven't seen it. I had a list and it, it, it wasn't just offensive line because we had plenty of other positions with, with, a, with a lot of misses. But offensive line, especially at tackle, there was probably like eight or nine names over the past few years that we've missed out on. And like we all say, it's going to come to Battle Ohio State in the ass eventually. And and now you don't necessarily have those prototype first round, you know, type bodies just walking around ready to play. Like Paris Johnson walked in here and obviously we're not going to get a Paris Johnson every year, things like that. But a guy like that where his body type, you walked in here, he was like, oh, yeah, he, he's going to be a first rounder. Like we don't have a lot of guys that have come in the last few years looking like that. We've had a lot of guys where it's like, OK, we go develop them. We get them right a couple years, and um, we'll have a player. Unfortunately, we're still in that couple years mark with a lot of this offensive line. So even bringing in the tackle and bringing an interior lineman, we still don't have a lot where it's like, okay, we're solid. We're still having where we're trying to get there. So definitely recruiting misses hurt, man. We're we, we starting, <laughs> we starting to feel it at certain positions. So hopefully we can get back on the trail. We get some guys. This, this offensive line class on the Friday putting together looks really good. He's earning his money on the trail. He's got to get these guys to play. But that death, <laughs> that <laughs> it was rough. And, the, and it was our main concern, you know, coming throughout the, uh, the offseason. So that, that's where my mind's at with it. So you asked me my starting five. Do you have a different starting five did you, or did you have the same five? I would have the same. Now, one thing I, I always say, if it's close, play the younger guy. Um, and I, and I was on the to, offensive uh, line. Yeah, this is this is a point I had. So they talked about Luke Montgomery and obviously he's come in. He's made waves. He's played really well. And but um, Justin Fry says. You know, he's never had a freshman really start for me. He said he had one through his time, and that was at UCLA. And that was because when it hit game week, he had two tackles get hurt <laughs> during the week. So he had to play, you know, the freshman, which he did not want to do. But, man, we're getting a lot of hype out of, out of Luke Montgomery. And the thing is, do you take that a risk and how close of a battle is it? Because he's going to walk out there and um, – you know, Josh Fryer, obviously, he's been out there. He's playing the big games. He started. He has experience. And, you know, he's going to be a little more comfortable. But how close is it between the two to where that talent level, and you might just be like, look, we got a couple games for Notre Dame. You're not necessarily going to be going to get freak shows early on. Let's get you right for that game and go. So I would think about putting him at right tackle and just rolling with it. I mean, heck, we're, we're in the youth resurgence right now. We play the talent. We don't play the, the you know, the seasoned veteran who, who isn't quite cutting it. So Another okay. Ohio guy. Yeah, another Ohio guy. So, I mean. Resurgence of Ohio high school football. <laughs> I mean, if that's the mode we're going, I'm all about it, bro. Put the talent on the field. Let's see what happens. I would probably right now 
put Luke Montgomery in there, you know, and, and check in with that and, and just roll with it, see how it performs. And, you know, he struggles. You can always throw a Josh Fryer in there. You can rotate guys. So that's where I go with it for off the line. So before we get out of here, I mean, it seems to be one of the primary uh, positions of concern on this team outside of the quarterback battle. And I don't even know how much concern that is. I've more than intrigue because I feel like the majority of the fan base is confident in whoever Ryan Day chooses uh, will be solid at quarterback this year. So one through five, your level of concern, five being the highest, one being the lowest for this offensive line coming into the season. I mean, Chad, let, let me know where, where y'all are at. My concern would probably be a four going in, maybe a three. Maybe a four is a little high because I feel like the interior is going to be really good. But with a new starting quarterback, maybe 3.5. As far as how good a play are we going to get with these tackles? And the thing is, too, this is going to be another situation of like Michigan with the defense where we may not know early on. Notre Dame could test that a little bit. So maybe that will give us an early mark. But it's going to take a few games for us to know against, you know, quality opponents until we know where this offensive line is really at, especially pass, pass blocking. when We get some really good rushers coming in. So I would say, I mean, I guess it would be a three, but a 3.5 pushing a four. As far as the tackle play goes, because this is this is the this is the game, man. This is when we walk into the natty this season, which we very well should, and we better, and we line up, and it's you know, Georgia or Alabama or Texas, USC, whoever on the other side. I mean, that could be our make or break. Because I feel like at every other position, we're gonna be solid, we're gonna be ready to go, and obviously that is the one position that can hold us back. So. I'm very concerned if we can get over that, man. I mean, and y'all can tell me in the, in, the, in the chat, is that your biggest concern that holds us back from Natty? Because I think that is the only thing that could really derail this team out, other than, you know, some other great team coming out there and just outplaying us. Ralph made a great point in the comments. He said, sometimes lack of depth and development projects not and development projects not quite ready isn't because of recruiting misses. It's it is people leaving early. Three, uh, three drafted linemen with eligibility left. So, you know what I mean? You lose guys like Luke Weipler. You lose yeah, guys like DeWan. And, I mean, DeWan's out there looking like the mountain in the NFL right now. Uh, it seems like the NFL really missed on him. It seems like he did himself some disservices going into those last couple workouts, going into the draft, uh, what the NFL perceived as overweight. But he seems to be doing fine in camp right now. So I think that also is another reason to be a little bit concerned about this offensive line. I'm right there with you at a three and a half or four because, I mean, we're not just replacing regular guys. I mean, we're replacing the number one left tackle uh, in the draft last year. We're replacing a potential starter for the Browns this year. And Luke Whipler, a six-round pick, is balling out. Like, I feel like we might have underestimated how much talent truly was on that offensive line and how difficult that is going to be to replace this year. Yeah, but also, I mean – this is a this is Ohio State. You're bringing in some of the more better players in the nation. You you got to be able to hit. I mean, it's going to be both. You may have guys leave early who just played well, and they're like, okay, it's my time. I'm trying to go get paid. That can happen here in any position. You 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 can't necessarily be like, ah, you know, we're not ready. But it was because Luke Weipler left. It's like you knew Luke Weipler had the potential to leave at the beginning of the season. Was it shocking? Like, yeah, but you knew Dewan Jones potentially leave at the beginning of the season. You weren't shocked because you expected him to leave. So, you know, you got to be prepared for that worst case scenario. I mean, we're not we're not over here saying like, oh, we got bad quarterback play because because CJ left. It's like, no, we landed two five star guys. They're well talented enough. We got a coach 
good enough to develop, which we have a quarterback and O-line. But, you know, Justin Fry doesn't have the talent like Ryan Day does, so we expect a bit of a drop-off. And we got to fill that room out to where it's like, okay, we at least have the talent here to try to get it done. So it's a little bit of both. And I'll give Ralph that. Yeah, guys that leave early, but you got to pull guys in the door out. You know, you don't see Alabama like, oh, man, you know, what's his name left early? So now we're always like, heck, no, they got two five stars. Been like, bro, I've been waiting for this dude to leave. So I go in and cook and I can go be a first rounder. So, you know, it, it's. It, it's a little bit of both, but I say you got to pull in that talent because you never know. Guys get hurt, guys leave, guys transfer. Things happen all the time. Year in, year out, you got to go get the best players available and land your targets. Absolutely. I see 40 people in the chat right now. Make sure you all smash that like button. We appreciate you all pulling up this morning for this episode of the Buckeye Roast. Q, you got anything else for the people or you want to let them know where they can find you? Uh, let me check in. I do want to... Get to the chat. I've been monologuing a little bit, so sorry for y'all dealing dealing with my voice. Let me see. Let me see what y'all are talking about. Um, JW did mention what I was talking about putting Luke Montgomery in. He could be a good player right now. Um, that's where I would go with that. Uh, hey Wayne, I did you a favor. I, I mentioned no Josh Proctor's day. <laughs> I'm, I'm chill, chill on that. But um, yeah, um, definitely was talking there. I let the younger players. Let's see. Well, let me see. I let the younger players play, get some real time, some real time snaps. I don't know why I'm struggling to read. My concern is four. Rely on the tight ends for a couple weeks. Yeah, definitely helping them block, helping them get adjusted. Especially Luke Montgomery, that would help him a lot. Of, a lot if he does start. Yeah, let me see. Uh, my worry would be higher if we didn't have a, if we uh, didn't have a new quarterback, and that's from Terry. Um, yeah, too. Guys, gonna have to navigate the pocket. They're gonna have to adjust in there. So it's gonna be a learning and growth for everybody. Would help if we had a mobile guy like Devin Brown who can sense that and be like, "Oh, I'm out of here." Sounds but- like we do have a mobile guy like Devin Brown as the <laughs> Maybe. starter. We'll we'll see. Depending but, um, on which side of the Buckeye beat you listen to. Buckeye, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. No, um, y'all y'all are making some great points, but they'll they'll adjust, man. We got a couple games to get the boat steady. We'll adjust and we'll be good to go. But yeah, appreciate the chats keep coming in. Like I said at the beginning of the show. Uh, we got 43 people in here. If y'all have any ideas of uh, things you want to keep it engaging, if you have any ideas for the show, anything you'd like to see added, like let us know. We love the feedback. We'll take it in there and we'll come up with stuff because we, we got some stuff cooking for y'all, man. Things, things are really starting to roll. We got some big stuff we can't talk about just yet, but we'll share that with you when we can. And also, too, I do want to announce, so when the, we do have the new quarterback announce, me and Chris Drew will do our state of the program. That, that's what we're waiting on the delay because we don't know state of the program without the quarterback, but we'll have a lot to talk about. We'll get that show prepped. I know how much y'all love Chris Drew <laughs> coming on here hanging out with us. So we will put that together. A big time banger. If you're a Michigan fan, you may want to <laughs> you may want to avoid that episode. There's be some lies told. I will <laughs> tell you that. We're gonna have a good time. So yeah, but um, yeah, man, that's all I got for today. Anything else you got, Ron? Nothing for me. Yeah, so um, me outro. Um, like I said, if you want to find me, I appreciate y'all coming in, like that video, share it, do all that good stuff. I am City Boy Quitting on Twitter. I will be hanging out there. Feel free to follow, hang out, DM me, whatever. 
I am readily available. Um, if you want to catch me on IG, not enough of y'all tapped in with me on IG. I'll be, I'll be over there. No one cares about your thought activities <laughs> on the weekend, bro. They're here for football. They're not here for you acting hey, up in the streets, I, bro. How y'all know I'm not over there putting up flag football highlights weekend? We got, you'll know. You checked it out. If you yeah. had flag football highlights, we'd be opening the show with them. I'll redo actually, the intro with your flag I football actually do. Let me see if I can find them. I actually do. Let me see if I can find we, them. We but might yeah. have to do a tape breakdown. Bro, it's first not game. A <laughs> who was the better? Who was the better football player? <laughs> see if I can find my punting highlights from my glory oh, days. Man. Yeah, see, you can retap <laughs> it with me on IG. Somebody cares. I, I appreciate you. Fly to Jazz on Instagram. Um, if you like movies, like I said, Minor League Films is on TikTok and here on YouTube. Be talking films over today, talking about bringing that over with Ron. So we'll, we'll get that straightened out. So my movie people, tap in with me. Um, also that that's all I got, Ron. Over to you. Um, yeah, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at two underscore T-E-E-S. That's two T's on Twitch at the same thing on TikTok at two shiesty here every morning with my guy Q doing the Buckeye Roast at 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. Saturdays, we do live streams for commitments. We have a Edric Houston commitment coming up, so make sure you hit that notification bell so you don't miss that commitment. And then, of course, we are here every Sunday at 10 a.m. with our guys, Mike and Cam, for Buckeye BS. We appreciate everyone spending their morning with us this morning talking Buckeye football here on the Morning Roast. We appreciate you, and we will talk to you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Much disrespect to Indiana. Great. Hey,